0: It's a dreadful ball, and Chelsea could be in here with Duff, who goes for goal and scores. Finds the back
1: of the net. Henri. What a goal. Inspiration for Arsenal from
2: Thierry Henri. Meddler. Lovely cushion header.
1: But oh, You're beautiful! What a headshot! What a hit! The Ghost Goal Podcast.
0: Arsenal kicked off the weekend early on Saturday with a 2-1 victory over Burnley. Lacazette and Abamian getting on the score sheet. Danny Ceballos getting his first two assists of his Arsenal career. Liverpool handled Southampton later in the morning with Mane Firmino getting them on the score sheet. Danny Ings went scored a late goal as Adrian went. Volcarious never go Volcarious. The big game on Saturday saw City host Spurs in a cracker of a match. The game was back-to-back the whole time, heavily dominated by City. Sterling and Aguero both getting on the score sheet for City, and Lamella and Lucas Mora both able to draw Spurs equal. The game ended with a lot of controversy as Gabriel Jesus scored a late winner, or so we thought, until VAR took over and erased that goal. On Sunday, Frank Lampard got his force points as a Chelsea manager as they took on Leicester. Mason Mount got his first EPL goal in the first half, and then Wilfred Ndidi got the equalizer in the second. Christian Pulisic got his first start for Chelsea, who drew 1-1 with Leicester. And Today, Wolves True United at home. Manchester United opened the scoring thanks to Anthony Martial and Ruben Neves scoring another screamer from outside of the box. He continues to do that in his young Premier League career. And Paul Pogba missed a penalty late in the second half. And here we are. We're back. Episode two of week two, or the first episode of the week two week. As we get into the Ghost Goal podcast, I'm Andrew Passaro. We got Alex Moss along for the ride, Javier Revelo. The whole crew's back. How's everybody's weekend, fellas?
2: my weekend was pretty good I mean I, I we got off to two two good wins of the season and yeah looking forward to the season now I, I, everyone's getting back from injury you know we'll have this squad fully running so yeah super excited to have be back have footy back
1: I'm just torn because uh, we uh, we managed to go a full first week in the Premier League without mentioning var on our podcast and I don't know how we get past it this week I think that streak comes to an end in week two guys yeah did you-
0: Oh, definitely. It definitely comes to it. <laughs> did end you sweet. guys see my tweet about VAR today? Did you? Did you? Did you? I, I did not. Okay, I did not. Yeah. Uh,
2: well, if I had Twitter, maybe I would. Okay, well, that it.
0: one's on you, Chief. Uh, remember how you guys told me that uh, VAR was going to make sure that Liverpool didn't win the league this year? Remember how you guys told me that, like, repeatedly, like, all summer long, and, yeah, uh, and on and the podcast? Yeah, and yep, yep, and 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 look what it's doing now. Look what absolutely nothing to just Liverpool. Wait, just Absolutely wait. nothing just to give Liverpool. It, give it a little. Nothing, bit. nothing. It a little while. And now, na- because it's a th- give it a little while, uh, Andrew. Just wait. Hey, man, we're scoring all our goals on side right now.
1: Man, you really hold on to things, bro. I will, yeah, because you guys come at me with this it's
0: 38 real shit. games.
2: It's only, we're two games in. Just wait. Watch
1: out, watch out, future wives. He's going to remember when you, like, didn't iron his shit properly. He's going to remember all this. He's going to hold on to it. And then he's going to bring it up and at some moment, seven months later.
0: Well, first of all, either A, I would have ironed my own shirt, or B, I would pay someone to do it. I would never ask my wife to do that. I am a feminist in 2019, sir. Do better, Alex do better.
1: Andrew woke pasar woke sara. <laughs>
0: I'm okay with that. I'm I'll change my toilet. Yeah, woke wide as shit. awake. I'm so awake. All the way awake. Which I was all the way awake for Manchester City on Tottenham. By the way, I, I watched uh the Liverpool Southampton game on my phone on my friend's couch because I crashed at a friend's couch in DC this weekend and isn't it the like there are two uncomfortable things when you sleep over at someone's house? The first is how do I a like make sure that the toilet flushes all the way? B make operate the shower properly and then see it's how do I operate the television. And I had no idea how to deal with their TV. So I was just literally watching the game on my phone on their couch and then was like, all right, it's the game's over. I'm going to go see my parents now. Bye. And, and, yeah, went along with my weekend. And the first thing I did when I walked to my parents' house was like, yeah, can we uh, turn off this NCIS rerun so that I can watch the City Tottenham game? My mom was not happy with me, but we put the game on anyways. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think she'll get past missing the millionth rerun of whatever NCIS episode that was. It's all uh, on
0: Netflix, okay? Like, I don't – I'm not apologizing for it at all. And, and like – also. Super hyped for the UFC this weekend. Alex and I were actually
2: watching that. Uh, after we watched, we watched that on Saturday night, and then uh, watched the games in the morning. Watched the Chelsea game, and such amazing fights this weekend. Uh, Cormier and Miočić, Miočić. Oh wow, uh, Miočić, Stipe. Come on, Javier.
1: You've yeah, been at this I mean, for a well, while now. What
2: an amazing fight! And uh, also, my boy Nate Diaz is back. Just uh, some iconic fights. I'm this not year, surprised, which, uh,
1: motherfucker. <laughs>
2: it's, uh, do you, you, you should you should get that a lot in, in in new york right andrew i mean don't people around there like you there's LA? a bar
0: that i go to to watch soccer from time to time that's like a ufc bar on saturday nights and they also have like they have a really good food menu and it's also where i watch liverpool in the champions league so like i go there every time and i like smile a little bit um their food's good and they have like a pool table in the back and uh there's been a couple times i've walked over there on a saturday just to, like try to get food and, and grab a beer and it's like Oh, I'm not paying a $20 cover to be in here for the 30 minutes that I'm going to get a beer and, a, like, a burger. Like, I'm not I'm not in for that. I, but I, I enjoy the UFC, but I'm nah, not- Nah, if you're like, into yeah, it, though, yeah, exactly. it's definitely worth- 100%. But let's get to what we're actually here to talk about. Uh, by the way, for our latest hot takes, follow us on Twitter at Andrew Pissarra, at ASMoss92, at Ghost Gold Pod at javierrev 94 uh, the Instagram, uh, there's stuff going up on there from time to time. But Manchester City took on Tottenham Saturday 12.30. Like I said in the open, Raheem Sterling in the 20th minute, Lamella three minutes later, Sergio Aguero in the 35th, Lucas Mora in the 56th, 14 seconds off he, after he comes off the pitch. Literally comes onto the pitch. That was a straight-up like FIFA substitute-style goal. No one picking him up on the corner. And then Gabriel Jesus' goal denied by VAR in the 90th plus two minutes. Which I mean, honestly, you just hate to see it. You really, you really hate to see VAR affecting Manchester City against Tottenham. We've never seen that before, folks. I know Andrews never, just had a shitty game. Never like, seen fuck. that
2: before. Yeah, nice City dropping points already. I also too. In a game like, also they thought too, they were let's winning. Let's be real
0: here. It's Spurs dropping points. They definitely deserved to win they, the they game. Definitely, they definitely, they absolutely dominated the game. I think they had what, like thirty something shots in that game. They
2: yeah, three point three expected goals against zero point two. So that's, I mean, that's, that's insane that the game ended 2-2 when one team should have gotten, you know, three or four goals and the other team, you know, shouldn't have gotten a goal. So yeah, I mean, Tottenham scored with their basically two, two attacks in, in either half. They were able to, you know, get a goal from pretty much out of nowhere. Lamella, Lamella was, I thought, one of their best players. He played surprisingly well and obviously got the goal and, you know, I've, I dislike really him a lot as a from player, Madison, and I thought though. he wasn't good, but it surprises me. Every time Pochettino just brings these players like Mora, Sissoko, Lamella, players that I don't like, he plays them, trusts in them, and then somehow makes them look like pretty good, decent players. I'm sure if they ever leave him, though, like there's no way they're going to be that good. But yeah, it worked for him this game, and... He really needs Son back because their attacking options without Son, I think, are a little bit limited, especially because they don't have that secondary striker like a Llorente that they can bring off the bench anymore. So I think that this was pretty lucky for Tottenham, like a not a full strength Tottenham to to get this result here. And City, I mean, we're purring for a lot of that game with, with De Bruyne and, and Sterling. And I mean, Aguero should have probably gotten another goal. And De Bruyne had put multiple balls that were just amazing that players should have finished that didn't get finished and still finished the game with two assists. Yeah, he did, which is, he he looks like he's back, which is awesome for city, but they just got to keep him healthy. You know, they got to manage him well here, not overuse him.
1: Yeah. The, the, I think this is like the first stage of getting full strength Kevin De Bruyne back first comes the beautifully uh, curled and placed balls into the box Uh, next is going to come the 30-yard screamers where he just has that confidence to just hit it left foot or right foot into the top corner. And that's when you'll know, oh, crap, Kevin De Bruyne's back. It's over. Vince Carter, once again, it's over. Because, I mean, City were really, really unlucky not to win this game. We haven't talked about the VAR goal yet, but uh, that caused a ton of outrage in England specifically where everyone is just viewing it as a farce that basically like the, the, the consensus is that that was a great game-winning goal, uh, and City deserved to win the game. We think they should like allow that handball to or that goal to stand. Which I don't really, I don't really buy because it did hit Laporte's hand. No one's like, no one's doubting the fact that it hit his hand and then went to Gabriel Jesus. They're just annoyed that like the rule only applies to offensive players in this in this context, where if it hits an offensive player's hand at all in the box and leave, leads to a goal, it's getting chalked off and you know i can kind of understand it from the perspective that it hit the ball hit lorente's hand in the champions league last year and then went in off his thigh for uh, the the go ahead goal against uh, man city that knocked them out but uh, you, you can see both sides cuz city it's this the second time in uh, this calendar year that they've been screwed out of uh, basically a positive result against uh, tottenham and, and at home as well right in the last minute so um, I, I'm sure over the course of the season it will even out, though. Don't you guys think? Like, oh, definitely. City are going to have so much of the ball and be dominating teams so much that they're going to get their fair share of positive VAR discussion, or, uh, decisions, right? I
0: would 100% agree. And, and, Alex, I would agree with you. I, I do think that City deserve to win the game. And I do find the rule awfully suspect and I understand where it's coming from. I, but there's a lot of just outrage of people saying that this rule is unnecessary in general. And I think a lot of people are coming down more on VAR for this rather than the rule change where I have a bigger, the problem I don't have here is not VAR. The problem I have here is the way that the rule reads. That's my issue here. VAR is the right step in my mind. Like, VAR is going to take a while to to get right. VAR is the right thing for the future. Like it's it's going to get decisions right. My my thing with VAR that I'm a little bit like starting to get iffy with, it's like some of these offsides calls where they're making them like the, I don't really know if they're 100% right when they're like going down to it by the like the millimeter or whatever. I don't like that they're getting it down to this like oh, he's off off sides by half a centimeter. Like, I feel like when we go and check that, that's ruining the flow of the game more than checking this handball call, in my mind. But, I mean, if it's right, it's right, and every time it's
2: been, like, right to a science, which I think is the best way to do it, because that's the only way. I mean, just like the goal line technology, if it's not, like, 100% right or close to it, then, I mean, there's always going to be room for, like, corruption and, you know, human error and pride getting involved, which in the biggest decisions you don't want that to happen you know when there's millions of millions of dollars at stake for these teams and you know places and champions league and careers and all that you just you want you want the biggest decisions to all be correct even if it's like a centimeter so i mean there will be times where i'm sure i'll be you know furious when one of our players is just you know bombing is just a hair off side but and it's I'm sure it's going to happen a lot where we score goals like that, but it's just I'm sure it'll even out throughout you know the, the uh, one or two seasons, and and once they sort out the kinks, which it seems like England's you know been, I think because they waited, they've been able to have like a good recipe for it. It seems like they don't want to use it like that often, just in very important situations, and like they're leaving a lot of like the decisions to the referee, and they're letting more things go. It looks like it looks like they've like instructed the refs to let let. Like, not foul, not put yellow cards on players as much, Uh, especially for like tactical fouls, is what I've noticed. Like, a lot of tactical fouls that I thought in the past were always bookings, it doesn't seem like now they are. I think that's because they don't want to ruin the the flow of the game and because VAR will probably be handing out a lot more reds this season.
0: But the whole purpose of a tactical foul is to ruin the flow of the game. But
2: I think it's also like good defending when you do it, you know, and it's not necessarily something that should be punished. Like, if it's not dangerous, if it's not something that, like, if it's just like a little shirt Mm -hmm. pull. Sometimes, a lot of times in the past, that would be a, like an automatic yellow. Now, a lot of times they, they, just, they just call the foul. And I'm like, how is that not a yellow? Or like, maybe, I mean, an elbow in the back, that's also a little bit like shitty, but like just stuff that like defenders and attackers do in the past that maybe would have been yellows. I think a lot of times they're letting it go a little bit now. And I don't know. I think it's, I think it's good because you got to balance a little bit with VAR, the flow of the game. So I, I think it's interesting the way the Premier League's been doing yeah, it. Let
0: me tell you, the older fans fucking hate all this shit. And it's it's funny to me to watch them yeah. argue on like one day, they'll be like, how did they not get this call right? This is an abomination. And the next week, like VAR does something that's the letter of the law. And they're like, VAR is ruining the game. And it's like half of our like knee jerk reactions are from like generations of people that are like 20 to 30 years older than us. And it's like, guys, like, come on, just get like, Instagram's a thing. VAR's a thing. Get fucking used to it already, all right? Like, I'm on my phone all the time. You don't have to be happy with it, but you have to accept it.
1: I think that's enough VAR talk for one week. I'm sure we'll we'll get plenty more in there.
0: All right, let's jump over to Sunday afternoon, which saw Chelsea take on Leicester. Frank Lampard getting his first points as a Chelsea manager after losing midweek to Liverpool in the uh, UEFA Super Cup. Mason Mount getting it, getting his first goal in the seventh minute and Didi in the 67th. I didn't get to watch all this because I didn't get great reception on the bus back to New York. But I know you guys got to watch it. Also, by the way, those Leicester City pink kits are fucking fantastic. Like, I really enjoy those. Like, they look—they might be one of my best—my favorite
1: away kits. They're eye-catching. I'll give them that. But we've had pink kits before. Haven't Everton have had pink kits that are pretty nice?
2: Yeah, that's what they remind me of, like Everton's kits last year. Just like, but they're definitely better than Everton's kits last year for sure. I don't think it was last year for Everton.
0: I feel like it, it might have been two years ago. Been, I'm not sure. Two years ago, yeah. It was
1: recently. Maybe Huddersfield had a pink kit also. I mean, pink isn't like this daring fashion statement.
0: Theirs was more of like a hot pink, where like the Leicester is more of like a rose pink. If you know what I mean, they were, they're kind of similar to the, it's,
1: it's, it's, it's easier on the eye. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, yeah. it's
0: definitely easier on the eye. I like them a lot. I don't know if
1: I'm, but I'll, I'll, I'll stop stalling, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, come on,
2: Alex, yeah, Chelsea, you have one point from two games. It's better than Arsenal start last year. You should be happy right now.
1: I mean, let me preface everything we're saying, uh, kind of going along the same vein as last week. Uh, people kind of overreacting to like a, the first week of games. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard the saying, uh, no one ever looks at the table uh, until 10 games in. But uh, that that still applies in 2019. Not you know, with Manchester We have one City. point from two games. Uh, well, I mean, they were uh, the, the, only, the only record that they really had a chance of getting from uh, Chelsea was the uh, longest time spent at the top of the league table. And they screwed that up this weekend. Chelsea, we have the record. We uh, led from game week two to the end of the season in 2014-15. And City could have beaten that if they stayed top from uh, the first week. But uh, no, not going to happen. Uh, but yeah, we uh, Chelsea, the 120 minutes in, in midweek, it killed us. I mean, you guys you guys are a straight-up better team. We're Obviously, so you were playing against Southampton away, a difficult game. We'll get to that, obviously, in a second. But um, we were playing a lesser team that kind of had a disappointing result themselves for the, the performance they had in the first week. And they kind of weathered the storm in the first 20 minutes that Chelsea put on them. And we really put a good performance together for only really that first 20 minutes. Could have scored a couple of times, got the goal from uh, Mason Mount pressing well, and then just completely fell off a cliff. The only players that looked like they were uh, still there and still able to put together a good performance was pretty much N'Golo Kante and uh, Emerson at times. And then Christensen and Zuma looked a little bit... Uh, kind of stretched at times because we, we just got really lazy with the ball after that. We couldn't keep possession. We couldn't keep control of the game. Um, so it's, it's, it, I, I want to blame it on the 120 minutes in, in Europe. And that's what I'm going to settle on. But uh, at, at the end of the day, we were kind of lucky to get away with a point to be completely honest with you. So overall positive result. We got more than we deserved. I think Bobby, I know you wanted to highlight Mason Mount, uh, his performance because he's kind of locked down his spot in Frank's uh team now like everyone just kind of agrees like he's better than Ross Barkley
2: yeah I mean I I thought he was really really good this weekend Um, he really impressed me just not only because of his goal but you know he had a couple other I think he was your most dangerous player attack wise and you know he works really hard and it seems like Frank has a lot of trust in him so he's one definitely that uh, Alex has been touting to me and you know he has on and then on this pod in the past talked about mason mountain coming into this season and yeah he's impressed a ton just you know super he's probably going to be a, a starter for England in the future if you know he keeps up this form and starts regularly for Chelsea and it's good to see Chelsea like having some youth players that actually can start in the team and play well and and look good in the team and I think Reese James will be another one that'll that'll come along in, in, a, in a few weeks and we'll see him just burst onto the scene and and look really good on the Chelsea side so I think there's there's room for these players and I think it just I don't know I think it's it's really exciting for a fan base when that happens obviously when you get new signings it's really exciting too and you just I think it's good to have a mix of both and yeah enjoy it Chelsea because it's you probably wouldn't have started Mason Mount this year if you didn't have a transfer ban definitely
0: Alex where does he rank in terms of like I know we asked about this in the preseason, but where does he rank in terms of like talent of all the young English prospects that have kind of been tempting to break through in Chelsea and maybe over the last decade?
2: And Callum hudson Doy.
1: for Chelsea specifically, yes. you mean, or for I like all mean, the English? I just prospects?
0: mean for Chelsea.
1: Um, I mean, we have it, it, it's it, it's kind of hard to say. He's only been a professional for two seasons, uh, whereas there's. You know a couple other players you just mentioned Hudson Odoi and Reece James, who I've you mentioned again a couple of minutes ago. Um, I, I guess people his, his rise has been kind of like meteoric, to the extent that he played his first professional season in Holland, did really well there. But everyone thought because he's so lightweight, he's going to be uh, like so many young Chelsea midfielders of the past. I can name like Josh McEachran and. Uh, Lewis Baker is another one. We've got a couple of midfielders who've been really good technically, who've come through our academy, who just haven't really made it at their cut it at the Premier League level in the end. But he's been so dominant in Holland, then in the championship, at, in his first two years being a professional, that it's kind of undeniable that you have to give him a chance at this point. Um, but I, I would put him in terms of talent, probably. Oh, I I don't even think he's the most talented of like the the group that we have coming up. I just think he's the most polished and most like composed and mature. Where like Reese James and Hudson Odoi, when they return, I'm pretty sure they're going to be just as good, if not better, than Mason Mount once they get like fully over their injuries. So that's that's a question. I, it's, overall, I mean, the main thing from this game is that it's a, a real. Uh, it's a real symptom of a young team to have mood swings like that in a game where it's hard for those young players to sustain a really high level performance for a full 90 minutes. And that was uh, on top of the 120 minutes in midweek. I think that was a real, uh, something you really saw in, in, in this Leicester game. And that's something that, naturally, you hope, improves as those players get more experience and start to learn how to pace themselves a little more and control games better.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So, Mason Mount was Javier's winner of the week. Uh, We're going to keep doing winners and losers of the week until we figure out a better way to name this segment. So, if you've got names for us, hit us on Twitter at GhostGoalPod. My winner of the week, and this is my transition on how we're going to talk about the Liverpool game, is Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, who... Got to start for Liverpool. It's his first Premier League start since all the way back before that ACL tear. So I was just stoked to see him out there. I thought he did okay in midfield. He didn't blow the doors off for me. He also started midweek in, in the uh, in the Super Cup playing in that Firmino role. And I don't think he did well in that role, which hopefully Klopp never does that again. And let's either Brewster or... He, he, was, playing
1: out, he was playing out on the left in the Super Cup. And Mane was playing at center forward. Yeah. And he like... He, it looked like a warm-up game for oxlade chamberlain and It looked like he was getting his legs under. And that's 100.
0: what I was happy to see. I didn't see him creating a ton of chances in this game for Liverpool, but it's more of the getting him back to that level that he was at before the injury. And I think this was the perfect game to get him out there for. Southampton did well in this game. Like, you can't deny that they definitely had chances in the first half. Liverpool weathered the storm. You could see Liverpool kind of grew into the game in the second half and kind of like found that 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 extra breath that you know you, you hear talk that you hear talk about from a Jurgen Klopp team, a team that has such good fitness levels and everything. They grew into the game. They they converted on their chances. I remember Salah definitely whiffed on a chance later in the second half. And then Adrian just has like an all-time fuck up and he almost got caught on it earlier in the game too.
1: Uh, but you also have to mention his amazing saves he made. The Yoshida point blank save he made was great. That was great. And He made he a really good a couple,
2: really nice. Saves. He made yeah. a
1: really good stop off of a Matip uh, deflection that Matip had. That when it was going near post, it looked like he was trying to finish it in his own goal, like beautifully. But uh, Adrian made the save, so you have to mention those if you're going to mention the fact that he did have a huge error near the end of the game that made it tight.
0: As much as he damaged our chances to quote unquote win this game. He also kept us in the game in the first half, and also, too, I mean, there were reports out there earlier in the week that he might not be able to play because a fan, like, got tackled into him who ran onto the pitch, which the video of that is fucking ridiculous, and we could have been playing a third-choice keeper against, against Southampton, which is definitely something I wouldn't have wanted. I didn't see a ton out of Che Adams in this game. I saw kind of bursts and moments. But Liverpool have been playing like a little bit of a higher line over the first three games that we've seen them play. And I thought he looked I, good. I, I tr- I which thought- I thought worked well. I don't know if they're going to do that every week. I feel like that'll work well against a team like Southampton, but maybe not against your arsenals and your Manchester cities of the world. But I felt like it worked well in this game. And... My, Sadio Mane, man, I could go on and on and on about this guy. It's his first goal ever against his old club. But, and it's also his only like his third assist in his Premier League career with Liverpool. He tends to score more than he creates. Yeah, he doesn't have like... Third
1: assist total?
0: In the Premier League, Are I am you sure?
1: Yeah, I have to like... In the Premier League? Yeah. He's been there like three seasons, hasn't he? He's
0: not, he's more of a goal scorer or like he'll he'll do the dummy pass to somebody else then pass. like it's not like he doesn't contribute but he doesn't always get assists he's more of a of a just a natural goal scorer for us and he doesn't get as much credit as Mo being like just a... like that goal that he scored against Southampton was fantastic. It was almost Coutinho-esque the way he like.
1: It was out of nothing. Yeah, you guys literally you weren't creating anything, and he was fully Southampton in the first half.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he just went on and was like, "Nope, fuck you guys. We're going and we're going into the second half right. with the lead." Like. So and and then create it and he did all the work for Firmino's goal too. Like he won the ball off somebody else, passed it to Firmino. Firmino dribbles across the middle of the box and slots it into the corner. Like that guy's just a workhorse. Like I I generally love watching him play football. Like I'm at the point now where I don't think like he was being quote unquote courted by Madrid and I think it was Madrid attempting to like tell Chelsea that we. Don't have to come in and buy Hazard, which was bullshit because we have Mane locked down for a significantly longer period of time than Chelsea did. But I just love watching this guy play football. And if he had gone to Madrid, I probably would have made time to watch him. Like he he doesn't and he doesn't have that same type of like arrogance that you've seen from some of the other players who have left Liverpool in the in my tenure as a fan. He's just like I just want to go ball out and like I fucking love that man. Like he's so cool. It's so it's so much fun to watch uh midfield did fine defense did fine i, I could use a little more defense training. did
1: not do fine <laughs> defense did not do fine that was for liverpool standards a bad defensive performance but i mean whatever yeah i mean after playing you, you did more than city minutes? could do
0: yeah after playing 120 minutes in the middle of the week i'm okay with that performance and now they sure. get now they get a full week of rest before they have to host arsenal i'm very <sighs> confident with where we're sitting and every day that that passes allison gets a little more healthy that's where we're at.
1: I'm just going to mention my winner of the week. It's not really related to any of the games we're going to talk about, but uh, shout out to hairstyles in the Premier League. You know, people keep making fun of Paul Pogba every time he changes his hair, but uh, there's a new king of the hairdos, and it's Douglas Luiz, and he's got black and white uh, striped cornrows, and they look fantastic. And he had an absolute rocket of a goal against Bournemouth. They, they did lose 2-1 at home to Bournemouth, uh, but... Check check his goal out. It was just the perfectly hit right-footed curler slash driven shot into the top right corner. Uh, he's he's going to be a monster for them this season. I'm I'm really excited and I'm hoping that Aston Villa actually did buy him and that they didn't do some kind of wink wink deal with City to sell him back as soon as City need him back. So
0: speaking of uh, City, well, speaking of City, because we didn't talk about it and hairstyles. What did you guys think of the uh, Pep Guardiola, Sergio Aguero bust up on the sideline when he came off? Oh, that was fun. I enjoyed that. And there's like a bunch of people who have like taken that video and like redubbed it, which has been circling on Instagram and Twitter, which I have enjoyed.
1: Wait, 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 which video? Because there's the argument when Aguero gets subbed off because he wasn't pressing properly and he thought that Pep was blaming him for the goal that was scored on the corner. Uh, when it was actually him being lazy and not pressing. Uh, And then there was the makeup session when uh, Jesus supposedly scored the winning goal. And it, the camera just cuts to Pep and Aguero just like embracing and he's like whispering in Aguero's ear like, I love you. I know that I had to do it. Like, I don't know if that's what he's saying, but in my head, that's what he's saying. And Aguero's like, it's OK, boss. It's OK. We won. And then the goal gets called off. I'm wondering if they still made up, if that like whole like kissing question. session still counts. Hot seat. I want to find out. Hot
0: seat. Sergio Aguero and Pep Guardiola's relationship. We're going to look into that more later on, later on this this week on the podcast. Uh that moves us over to losers of the week. Uh, Javier, we'll, we'll go to you first again here because you led off so well with our with our winner first winner of the week.
2: Yeah, loser of the week. Uh, Should we just talk about I mean, Wolves had, United? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, this 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 can be a good transition for us uh, into Wolves United. But um, uh, I actually just wanted to say really quickly for Southampton in the Southampton Liverpool game that I actually thought Che Adams was really good for his debut for Southampton and. I think he's a player who is going to get, you know, a dozen goals or so in the Premier League this year and could definitely keep Southampton up. And even though Liverpool did play 120 minutes in the midweek, I thought, you know, going to Southampton is going to be hard for any team this year. So, um, yeah, I think they, they have a good chance of staying up. But yeah, my losers of the week are uh, Paul Pogba and, and Rashford, who in this uh, 1-1 draw, you know, they they had the, the chance to win the game for Manchester United and... There seemed to be – I mean it, it, it looked like there wasn't – it wasn't much of an argument. Like uh, Pogba won it and kind of picked up the ball and started walking to the spot. And then Rashford walked over him and was like, hey, you know – Talking you, about the penalty. You, you sure, yeah, the penalty. It was like, you sure are going to take it or, you know, you're going to take it, right? And then Pogba was like, yeah. But um, if you see actually in the game before uh, in the footage of the penalty, like Pogba wanted to take the penalty and Rashford kind of like just walked up with – grabbed the ball and like walked up to the goal with it which kind of indicates that, like, Pogba is the main penalty taker. Um, and if if you, like, I, I, I think this is just maybe, this might just be me reading too much into it, but when you see the body language of, like, the players in this game, when when it's 1-1, Pogba's, like, focused. He's about to go take the penalty, and then, like, Rashford just kind of, like, I don't know if it's even, like, questioning him, but just, like, just even asking the question of, like, oh, are you sure you're going to be the one taking the penalty? Like, it looked like it pissed Pogba off a little bit. Like, he gave him, like, a look, and then he gave him another look again. And then, like, you see him look over to Martial and say something in French, and, like, clearly Martial's the one who's, like, I think he's the intermediary between the two of them, you know? And it seems like they're a little bit at odds. Like, I, I obviously Rashford wants to get, like, 20-plus goal season, but Pogba wants to get his big Real move, so... Yeah, I just think it's something that they got to sort out, and that they can't have it lose focus. Like, they ha- there has to be like one penalty taker. I don't think you can be like switching it off based on who wins it or how. All the Gunners, Soulshire, put like whoever feels on the day who's gonna score it or better. I mean, you can try to do that, but like then you are gonna have these situations where you are gonna get put off by somebody like you know being like, oh, how dare he ask me like if I am good to take the penalty or not, you know? Well, and, like, let's just- be
1: let's be honest here. It's only they're only in the losers of the week category because Pogba missed the penalty. And Pogba's missed. What did Connor say, Javier? Like three penalties in in, in this calendar year Four. or something.
0: This was his fourth Four? calendar fourth missed penalty in the like, calendar year. Okay, James Miller would never
1: step aside. Let Marcus Rashford take it. He's him or Martial are like the designated. They're the they are tasked with scoring the goals this year, and it seemed pretty obvious from last week when uh, when Rashford was dribbling at Chelsea's defense and like absolutely terrorizing us wins that penalty that he's going to just step up and like you said Javier he's like I want to get off to a good start to the season I'm the one of the strikers of this team I'm going to score this penalty and he took it was an amazing penalty it was no chance of Kepa stopping it so I, I say just keep riding with Rashford he's he's probably a better taker at this point than someone who's missed four penalties recently so uh yeah,
2: I agree with you, but I just think that like it's a situation that has to get sorted out, and I don't like that the way that they're doing it. And that Solskjaer, like they asked him after the game as well, just like, "Oh, what's your policy?" And He said, "Oh, they're they're both the designated takers." And I'm like, "Really, dude? Like you got to sort that out. Like what do you mean they're both the t-? like? That's gonna distract like in game. There's always
0: gonna be arguments. Like how does that even work? It's the, old, the old saying you know? in the and NFL: that, If you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. It's just I don't know, it's odd. I don't understand how you do it and uh I think it's going to detract from the United and it definitely did this game. They should have won this game. They, they they were the better team and the penalty would have been like a, probably the deserved way for them to win, but in the end I think you know, they're probably f- kicking themselves for only getting a draw here in in a game that they obviously they didn't get any points from it last year so they they, they they're coming away with something but I think they should have gotten a win. I mean, they were pretty good at they were pretty damn good. They, they totally shut Wolves out in the first half.
1: Yeah, but the second half, Wolves made that adjustment. They brought Adama Traore on, and he absolutely just terrorized Luke Shaw. They just said, OK, enough enough of this. We're getting the paciest, best dribbler we have The first like, him The straw. first, like,
2: 30 minutes or 25 minutes of the second half, yes. But then United had, like, a second wind where for the last 15 minutes, they, they dominated the game pretty well and like, Well, they yeah. Wolves we'll, we'll we'll started
1: to settle on the one-one. Uh, then they were like more uh comfortable with the result after they got the equalizer. But you know, they still threatened. They still had counterattacks that they absolutely could have scored off of. Den Donker missed a really good chance, pretty close to the end. And yeah, I mean, I I don't think it's as I don't think it's as much of a like I, I wouldn't say United deserved to win. I mean, they they, they probably they probably obviously could have with that penalty. But uh if you take factor the penalty out of it, then I mean, it was a, it was a pretty even game. and 1-1 one, one was probably fair uh, to me, at least. Another good game for uh,
0: uh, Juan Basaka, right back from. Uh, I, I got to watch this game out of the corner of my eye. I was also dealing with the radio show at the same time, but every time I saw him do anything, he looked like he was doing it well for uh, for Manchester United. And uh, like I said in the open, another screamer from, from Ruben Neves.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, that was amazing.
1: He that hasn't was... had too many of those, actually. He had, and like, another two... beautiful
2: pass and assist from Moutinho as well, who, I mean,. Yeah. Those two are so good together. They have a, a great synergy, and yeah, there's, it's a joy to watch when 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 that team is like buzzing and those two are playing well. And and it was a FIFA goal too. It's one of those like I've done that goal. It just FIFA. it's one of those. where it's a short corner to Yota, and he cuts it to Mutinho, who does a driven cr- like ball out to the to the player who's waiting at the top of the box. You control it, L one circle. <laughs> <tat>. <laughs> finesse to the top it's just like literally you know those guys have done that in FIFA a million times and we're just like fuck yeah like we just did it in real life let's go
1: I Something believe. makes me think that the uh, real life version gets them a bit more hyped than the FIFA version. Yeah, FIFA just a
2: little bit. Is... I mean, yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> just,
2: just <a> li- <laughs> but you, you're doing you're living a video game in real life. That's awesome. Although people, I mean, it's just like that was a video game goal. It was beautiful. There
0: are there are there are those kids who do all those esports and are making like millions of dollars to play FIFA for a living, which is just like I feel like I don't know if I'd enjoy that. I really don't think I'd have as much fun as I would like putting that much pressure on the game as I do when I just shoot the shit at home and play a couple games of FIFA Alex let's go ahead with your your loser of the week here
1: uh before I do my loser of the week since we're on the Wolves United game I'm gonna mention the uh we we, we teased bad tweet of the week last week uh and uh, you'll be shocked to hear that one of our listeners found one uh at Solozarno uh, Dan, uh, one of our listeners, is a Manchester City fan. He uh, he dug up a great tweet from a United fan who basically uh, dug up a tweet from a United fan that was a graphic of Paul Pogba's uh, Premier League stats in 2018-19 and how he's like first in the Premier League for goals, shots, assists, and open play, third in pass attempts and touches. Basically, saying level he's levels above that Belgian ginger. I just sort of like how how is that a a, a take you can have in 2019? Like I get it, De Bruyne was injured last season, but before that he was arguably the player of the year, and uh, you know I don't know. It's it's not even a debate to me. Like you don't even need to look at their stats. You just watch those two players in uh, in a couple different games. And uh, De Bruyne is just so much more influential to me. It just seemed like the dumbest thing. So yeah, it's thank like you, when you watch Messi you, and Ronaldo
2: for a couple of games. You know, no, it's pretty not much. really. It's just like the dumbest those, argument ever. Those There's an actual the you, argument there. You want to do that? There, don't do that here. <laughs> At
1: minute 30 we We'll do this eight, in another I'll pod. Don't have time. But, you know, for I had to throw
2: time. that one out there. I had we're to not, throw we're it not out doing there. That one. But. All you gotta do is watch the two people play for a few. I'm minutes. I'm sorry, and nine then assists. you'll see who's the better. Nine
0: one. assists for Paul Pogba as a midfielder is is not a stat that you go around and be like, "Oh, my midfielder the best in the world because he got nine assists last year." Like Mesut Ozil right. has Peep got Pepe De
1: Bruyne's from the year before. Exactly, like
0: Mesut Ozil <laughs> got more than that in like the first half of a Premier League season a couple years ago. Okay, he got 17 in a first. Exactly. half Exactly. Okay, so nine assists over the entire year. Don't go talking about that. Like just shut your mouth. Just 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 shut your mouth and stop talking. Uh He ended the year with 18, which is pathetic. I mean it's, meso- <laughs> yeah. it's we don't we don't
1: talk just about meso- that Ozil things.
0: Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Alex, what you got for us for Loser of the Week?
1: I'm gonna bring back uh my knee jerkers from last week who were saying that uh Norwich are screwed, they're being they're getting relegated off of one performance. At Liverpool, where they just got pretty unlucky against a really good team, uh, they came back and Timu Puki continued to shut up all the haters, and uh, they now Pukki they now God. look they now look like a game that I'm worried about next year next week for Chelsea to go and uh, travel there. So uh, I mean, there's plenty of other examples of knee jerkers. Yeah, being they might be this year Wolves, where uh, like yeah, I mean that's whatever. Maybe not. Maybe not as defensively the best Solid.
2: Team. But, like, they'll be scoring goals on the top six sides, you know, one or two goals here and there and might be able to get a draw or or a cheeky win somewhere.
1: First yeah. test is 7.30 a.m. next week at home against Chelsea. We'll see. It's going to be an interesting one.
0: I just like that people can yell out Pookie all the time. And if you don't get that joke, I uh, encourage you to go to Urban Dictionary and look up why. <laughs>
1: I mean, it's also just a great name, completely ignoring that, that Andrew. It's just, just a great name. Like hearing an announcer go, Timu Puki. It's just, this, that's a real name of a footballer in 2019. I'm a big fan of it. I love it.
0: All right, so I know we haven't talked about the Arsenal game yet, and I'm going to transition us here. I'm going to transition us here right now because my loser of the week is us as NBC Sports viewers. Because NBC Sports, two years ago, after giving us unlimited access to the Premier League, they teased us. They basically gave us black tar heroin, okay? We were allowed to watch any game at any time on replay. We could stream any game not on television. And then they're like, okay, now we gave you the free shit. Now you got to pay for stuff. And then they gave us the bullshit that was NBC Sports Gold. It's $50 for the entire season. Watch any game you want, anytime, anywhere. They did that for two years. Now, and they sent out like an email to everyone in July about how they were changing things. They changed the package. So now you can pay $50 a month to watch any game that's not on television, but you don't get replays. For $65, you get essentially what you got from the NBC Sports Gold package, which is any game, any place, anywhere. $65 a
2: month for for a year? year,
0: Any place, anytime, anywhere, and you get all the replays. But me... As a subscriber to cable, cannot go on the NBC Sports app like I have been able to for the last four years and watch a game on on replay. Do you know who that screws? That screws me, who likes to not wake up at 7 a.m. for literally anything, okay? It's not personal against soccer. I don't wake up at 7 in the morning for church. I don't wake up at 7 in the morning for my family. I don't wake up at 7 in the morning for my job, okay? It's not a soccer thing. It's a fuck 7 in the morning. I'm only up there if I stayed up till 7 in the morning. So this well, is. Andrew, bullshit. I would say you're
1: in the minority there, to be honest. On this podcast, <laughs> because the rest definitely. of us wake up at seven in the morning. But if you
0: have a flight at seven in the morning, Andrew, uh, well, I would just pull an all nighter, Javier, because obviously I'd have to be. At, yeah, I'd have true. to be. You would stay. Up. I'd have to be at the hotel. I'd be at the <laughs> and airport. Then pass at five. out on the flight. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay. Obviously. Okay. Come on. Okay. Come on. Me and mornings, we're not good friends, so we just avoid each other. We when I see mornings walking down the one side of the street, I walk to the other side of the street. It's not a big deal. It's just what happens. Okay. But this is unacceptable. Like, we talk all the time, both on Twitter, a little bit on this podcast, about growing the game of soccer. NBC doesn't need this money. They absolutely don't. They are literally increasing the tax on soccer fans in this country. It is harder to be a soccer fan in this country than it is in any other sport. NFL, there's always games on no matter what. NBA, there's games on no matter what. I can go on and on and on. It is easy to find games in that way. We want to talk about making the U.S. national team better? Well then, make soccer easier to watch. Make me not have to pay an extra $5 a month for ESPN+. Plus. Make me not have to pay $3 to watch a, a, a Champions League match on Bleach Report's god-awful coverage. Make me not have to pay $65 so I can watch a game on replay. This is bullshit. And this is why people pirate stuff. You want people to stop pirating stuff? Don't do do this shit okay it's not that hard you gave us a great pot product you delivered it to us in a great way find a way to do other sponsorship deals other than making you pay make soccer fans specifically pay extra for this because god help me if an NFL fan did it I, I, like We would actually riot in this country. You want soccer to be as big as the NFL? You don't do this. This is literally the exact opposite of ways of growing the game, and that's why I didn't get to watch the Arsenal game this weekend because I was out at the bar until 2 in the morning on Saturday, and there's no fucking way I was waking up at 7.30 in the morning to watch Arsenal take down Burnley 2-1 with Aubameyang and Lacazette getting on the score sheet and Danny Ceballos playing really well you
2: missed
1: nicholas pepe take ben me's soul
2: exactly it happened exact. on camera Fuck
1: you, NBC. and you missed it fuck you nbc and listen nbc andrew wants to talk to your manager okay listen he wants to talk to your manager okay uh yeah you should write a strongly worded letter andrew I or better do. yet you should just cancel your membership and join the rest of us join the rest of us well, I really
0: don't pay for cable. My parents pay like Yar. an ungodly bill, and I just have a login to their, join us to their on their the
1: pirate ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <Yar. laughs> um. hey, I, I do
2: Fubo, man. I got Fubo, I got my Fubo, it's my subscription too. It's pretty good. Fubo has like almost all the Premier League games and like all the big ones. They also have La Liga and they, and have, they have Replay Cable, they do.
0: Well, apparently but it's
2: monthly subscription. It's not it's a, not uh, I think it's like 30 bucks a apparently month. So apparently there's a
0: support your they, or support this podcast feature on Anchor. So I may turn that on for us to try to make the sixty five dollars so that we could pay for the NBC gold package and we could just all have a login. Well, that would We be have nice. like if we have enough that if like everyone who listened to this podcast gave like two dollars, we might make it
1: we were doing some live accounting here on the podcast.
0: <laughs> I'm not good at math. The last math class I took was my second semester of my freshman year of college, but I...
1: Keep an eye out for the Patreon link. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be next.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll do A- A- AMAs, on <laughs> ghost goal AMAs <laughs> to cover the cost of our NBC gold package. Javier, what did you think of of the Gunners on on Saturday morning?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I was Pretty happy with the performance. Um, I thought that Ceballos was really really good, and um, there were still some fitness issues, and there were still some players that were sorting things out. Um, but I think that uh, it was a really good performance for bar from our two strikers who got both got goals. Um, I'm really happy that uh, Abameng starting out the season well. That Lacazette, you know, is getting a goal early, and you know they're getting rolling and um i thought that burnley were they got especially in in the first half they they had a couple of chances they got back in the game with their goal it was a bit lucky um it was a deflection and alex would say that david louise was supposed to be closer to the uh to Barnes, which i mean he was true
1: it was unlucky Um, i'm I'm not saying it wasn't unlucky i'm not saying it's david louise's fault but i'm those are like the yeah, little but it wasn't, things, it wasn't, and like yeah, there are probably bigger Van Dijk
2: things. May have may have been a little bit closer. Yeah, there's probably a few center backs in the league that may have been able to do that, but um, I, I thought overall. It was also coming.
1: Like Burnley were threatening up until right, that Burnley point. Right, Burnley were where they threatening and had been doing
2: pretty well in that in that first half. But I thought overall in the second half, especially, we controlled the game really well. Once Pepe came on, we just pinned Burnley back, and you know we probably should have gotten a third goal, um, which you know was. Uh, unfortunate that we didn't and I, I would have liked that to happen to not, for it not to be nervy at all um, which I mean in the end we were able to keep possession a lot especially because of the way that Ceballos played you know he I, I can't remember the last time that there was a debut of a player who played that well for us um, on their in their debut at uh, you know at the Emirates um, there's been plenty of players who've you know scored in their debut or looked good but I mean he was completely dominant you know the, the entire game and yeah, I just I'm super excited to to watch him for a, even if it's just for a season. You know, I don't think that we're gonna get him permanently. I'm fairly certain Real Madrid are gonna take him back, um, but just having him for one year is as big as having um, you know Nicolas Pepe in my eyes now. As it's gonna ha- he's gonna be starting for us almost every game. You know, he's gonna have his big big influence.
1: Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and bring back the uh, banter, God. Award of the week for for Danny Ceballos because when he got subbed off, it was about like twenty minutes or ten minutes left in the game. He went and sat down, and who was he talking to on the bench, Javier? Uh,
2: Mkhitaryan. Yeah,
1: he turned to Mkhitaryan and he just said to the, He just said to him like, "They don't play football. They just they just like." They lump it over, right. it over the they top. They just hoof it over the top. They don't. They don't like right. playing football. <laughs> it was just shitting all over Burnley in his first like real Premier League action. Uh, yeah, Danny. We all know that. You're gonna get. You're gonna see a good bit of that this year. Good luck.
0: No, no, and, Lucas Herrera uh, again.
1: He no, came he, in. He
2: came back. He came on. He was. He. He's just. He was the last player basically to come back from vacations, and so he's just been getting back up to fitness. I thought he looked a little bit fat. Even coming on now, I don't think he's, like, fully fit. But um, hopefully – but I don't think he's going to start in the Liverpool game either. I have a feeling that it's going to be w- Willick and Guendouzi again, um, who I I really yeah, – Andrew's face is that of uh, – Hammer yeah, like,
0: over, folks. Hammer that over.
2: <laughs> nah, Willick's a god, man. Save he's it. He's a boss. <laughs> yeah, let's see how he does against Liverpool, though. I mean, I'm um, curious,
1: you know we got to get the three of us together for it's, – it's Arsenal-Liverpool oh, this week. Got to, we'll, figure yeah, yeah, it we'll,
2: we'll figure it We've out. we'll figure it out. We've got to work we'll it out before maybe we switch back to one a week. But, yeah, I mean, it, these are the – these two games we were expected to win. Um, this is the first time in 10 years that Arsenal has won their first two games, which is – Can't relate. Pretty crazy. Um, there were a bunch of times that we played Liverpool in those first two games and we, like, drew or lost. And then there were times we played, like, City or Chelsea, like, last year. Um, so, I mean, there were two or three seasons in those last 10 years where we had, like, Palace and, like, West Ham, and we, like, lost to West Ham on the opening day. Oh, yeah, you guys lost to West Ham, and then that guy got the
0: the Payette tattoo right after that. Exactly. All-time football And so, like,
2: we've had some really bad opening couple of weeks, so I'm glad that, like, just for the first time in a long time, we just had a little, like, a settled couple of games, the squad settled down, everyone's kind of had, like, a... Fairly easy start to the season, and we can get rolling again. This is when we got start started rolling last year. We started the unbeaten run, like from this point on. So, I'm I'm hoping that you know we can push on from here and, and build from what's been a decent start.
0: Of the youngsters that have kind of gotten into the team, you've got Maitland Niles, you've got uh, Willick. Who, yeah, Maitland who's, Niles. Who's, I mean, Willick and Gwen who's, who's impressed you the most?
2: Definitely Joe Willick. Um, I mean, I thought that. In the game before um, against Newcastle, there were there were times where I thought he looked lost, and I mean it was his first like Premier League start, so you can hardly fault an eighteen year old kid for for you know looking a little bit lost in the midfield. But I thought he did a lot better in this Burnley game, probably because he was playing with Ceballos as well. You know that's got to have that be something to do with it. Um, and then Gwendozi, he he keeps growing. You know he's he he makes less and less mistakes every game and. You know, he looks to be a player that is getting stronger and his decision-making is getting better. And, yeah, I mean, these are all players that I think, um, you know, I think they are going to make an Arsenal in the future and and I'm happy that they're playing. Um, I'm, I am I don't want Shaka near the team um, in, in games like this against Liverpool <laughs> because I think that we need, like, energy and high, high like, be, the ability to, like, press and break the press. So, yeah, I think that... The Xhaka's useful against you know some of these bigger teams. He was hurt for this last game. Is why he didn't play? He would have been really useful against Burnley. But there's there's teams that are you know trying to beat you up and and smash you and th- that's what Jack good for. And and these low block teams and breaking them down. But when you have to do teams that press high and are really good in possession like Liverpool is, you know I I, I like players like Willock, um, like Wendeusi, and like. Um, You know, Ceballos that can all break the press with their, you know, with their ability and they have enough speed to also be able to press the opposing team. So, yeah, I think we we have a lot of good squad uh, additions to our squad this year in terms of academy players, as well as you know the new signings. Pepe looked really good. I think his first start's definitely going to be next week, uh, this weekend against Liverpool. So, but he looked really good. He came out at halftime and um, yeah, super excited for him. The one that. I'm a little bit disappointed for this first couple of games. Reese Nelson, who's had started these last couple of games and had to come off, came off at halftime in in this last game, and then you know it looked like he was icing his knee, so maybe he had a little bit of an injury.
1: He had a great um, goal that was shocked off. Monreal yeah, he was he did uh, was offside. That's true, that's in true. The, yeah, uh, in the buildup,
2: slightly offside. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I just I I just I I expected a little bit more from him in these first uh, first couple of games, but hopefully, hey, that's he's nineteen not, like, year old.
1: Or is he eighteen? Yeah, I mean that's just what happens. Yeah, They're not uh, all yeah, going to be amazing right away. Right. This isn't FIFA.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's uh, it's it's good 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 start to the season. I'm happy.
0: All right, so uh, that wraps it up for us today. We'll be back at some point later this week with some kind of preview for the weekend, depending on schedule. So just look out for that. Follow us on Twitter at Andrew Pissar, at ASMOS92, at JavierRev9, at Pod like, review, subscribe on iTunes and all the other platforms and whatever.
1: Um, I went on a uh, Friends podcast uh, last week, and I think that's dropping soon, tonight, tomorrow. Uh, It should be out by the time uh, you guys listen to this. Uh, So if you want to go check out uh, at The Wink, uh, at The WNK. On uh, Twitter and Instagram, you can find probably the the links to the uh, full pod episode. I got pranked, basically. So I went on a friend's podcast to talk about the experience and managed to give you guys a little shout out and give a little background on how this this little shindig got started. So uh, go check that out, too.
0: Definitely. And yeah. Yeah. Social media, get involved, and if you think of any, if you see any crazy tweets that you want to see us, just DM them to us at, at Ghost Gold Pod, either on Instagram or Twitter. And until next time, for you.